Welcome to Social Distance Warriors. I just said social in a weird way. I felt like I said like social. Social. Welcome to Social Distance Warriors, a podcast about the pandemic and other things that are in relationship with the pandemic in various ways. Things that intersect with it, things that compete with it, things that, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Things that are related to the pandemic. My name is Tom. I would say saying oh social in a weird way is sort of a apt description of the content of our of our podcast mm. um i'm rat yeah and it's uh what is it november 10th 2021 and i am not an expert about the pandemic or viruses or anything yep i'm still not an expert well uh how's how have things been things are going okay generally right before this recording I did make baked ziti, and I ate it, a lot of it, so I am, mm. in one way, very full of baked ziti, and, and that's how I've been, <laughs> and I think that says a lot. I would love a baked pasta dish right now. Mm. Is it not possible for you? Hmm. Well, I have pasta. I have a baking dish, so I guess I could make some kind of rudimentary <laughs> baked pasta. No, I don't think I have the right ingredients. I'm having something of an ingredient crisis, mm. and the reason for this is because I haven't yet fully stocked up my fridge with the things that are usually in it because I had a very long power outage um, a couple weeks ago. Yeah. Are you now back in, well, okay, you're recording a podcast, uh, so probably yes. <laughs> How did you get your power back? Well, I just kind of waited for it to happen, and then it happened without me having to do anything. Beautiful. There was a storm. It was a very bad storm on a Tuesday night. And then it continued into Wednesday. And on Wednesday, my power went out and the power, all the power in, I think, hundreds of thousands of homes in Massachusetts went out. And so I didn't get my power back until Saturday. And it's been a while since since that happened, but I did have to throw out most of most of the food in my fridge. And so now I, I keep realizing that there are things that I usually just rely on being in my fridge that just aren't there. Like because I didn't think to buy them because I forgot that I needed them. Like butter or, or things like that. Yeah. Yeah. Anyhow, that was a strange experience, but um I luckily didn't have to suffer through a lot of it because I had other places I could be during the time that my power was down. Anyway, how was the ZD? <laughs> I'm maybe too content, too satisfied for lively conversation, but it's mm. okay. I'm gonna, I'm gonna use, I'm gonna take some of that contentment fueled to me by Bake ZD and uh, turn it into lively conversation. Probably not, but as lively as we ever get, maybe even rowdy. Probably not rowdy, rowdy. Yeah, <laughs> we get rowdy. Yeah. So what's new? I think one thing that is new with me is that I'm doing a twisted. <laughs> A, a dark and twisted NaNoWriMo mm. this month, which is to say I'm mostly trying to make six fan videos, also kind of like AMVs, but sometimes they're not animated shows. So I, with the only terminology I have is AMV, but I guess they're also fan vids. That is my November goal that I think for me personally would be the equivalent of writing uh, entire novel, 50,000 words. So that is my proposed NaNoWriMo. I <laughs> am, I would say, maybe halfway through one of those fan videos, I have changed my video editing software. It's going all right. <laughs> that is interesting. Yeah. Hmm. I used to do NaNoWriMo all the time. And when I was in high school, I did it and a bunch of my friends did it. And one of my friends, who was not much of a writer, decided 
that she was going to do an equivalent of it based on the theory that a picture is worth a thousand words. Mm -hmm. And so the NaNoWriMo goal for National Novel Writing Month is to write a 50,000 word work of prose fiction. And so she decided to draw 50 pictures. But mostly it was just like 50 doodles. So it was like, (laughs) it was not like a a surpassingly large amount of work. I mean, they were not like 50 works of finished art. It it was more like the kind of stuff that you could fairly easily knock out two or three of them in a day. I guess it requires some amount of discipline. But in any case, I felt belittled by this. Um, (laughs) If if you're on the like NaNoWriMo panel that like weighs everybody's projects as if it is their soul uh, to see if they are worthy of claiming the title, of NaNoWriMo winner would have <laughs> given the thumbs down. Yeah, yeah, no. But um, yeah, I haven't I haven't managed to succeed at NaNoWriMo in a very long time. I did it for the first time in 2003, which was, I think that was the third year it happened. I was I was nine years old at that time. Well, I was, um, how old was I in 2003? I guess I was 14, 15. The perfect time to write your first novel. Yeah, somewhere around there. And I actually have all of my NaNoWriMo projects except for that first one. I don't have that Word document. No, what happened? I don't know. I mean, this was back in the, the time of floppy disks. Mm. And I just wasn't as attentive to keeping everything... I don't really have anything, any files prior to 2005. Mm. I actually recently went because I, I, I've been in a, I've been on a kind of a kick related to the film Dune because I have seen the film Dune and well, r- related to Dune in general because I have reread the book Dune, which was my favorite book when I was like 17, and I have seen the film Dune, and I decided I wanted to go looking to see do I still have the research paper I wrote in you know I guess it would have been 2005 about Dune, and I do have that, but I think it's like the <laughs> oldest thing that I still have. Wow. That's, wow. Somewhere there may be floppy disks that <laughs> that contain my old stuff. I find it difficult to imagine where those might be, but I don't know. It would be interesting to see if I could find the first one. I do remember the title of it, though. It was Prophecy on Hold. Very good. But yeah, I haven't uh, I haven't managed to succeed since since 2011. I was very proud of my winning streak from 2003 to 2011, but I graduated from I graduated from college in 2010 and then 2011 was my first year outside of college and I managed to succeed that year, but every year since then I have found it incredibly difficult to commit myself to such a large project when I didn't have the structure of school and doing schoolwork and the the habits that are associated with with that. So I wasn't, I haven't been able to, to muster it. I have made some token attempts, but there was only one year where I did not try at all. But sometimes I only wrote mere sentences. I guess definitionally that is a failure. But do, do you like, does it affect you when you attempt a NaNoWriMo or attempt it and do not succeed? Mm, I think the only ones that have really affected me in any big way were the ones where I got more than about a quarter of the way through the goal. Because those are the ones where I feel like I could have gone all the way. I could have been a contender. Mm. But um, the other ones... I was just like, you know, this was never going to happen this year. And I just kind of made an attempt just to sort of do something about it. But the thing is, like, when I was young, I really thought of myself as a writer and as someone who was going to get, have a career as a fiction writer. Like, this was part, a big part of how I defined myself. And I came to eventually start thinking that, you know, I wasn't actually all that good and that I didn't want to be a writer anymore. And this was not something that I felt despair about. It was just I felt like I was developing other interests, pursuing other things. And I went through a, a sort of divesting myself from that identity mm. to the point where it just isn't a thing that I do 
almost at all anymore. But more recently, I have started thinking that I would like to get back into writing fiction. It's just very difficult for me to do now. It's very difficult for me to find time to sit down and, and do that. Yeah, I can I can relate to that as well. On the, I guess, distinction <laughs> when I... um thought of myself as a writer I guess mostly like as a a person who read a lot and then was like one day I'll be a writer I did very very little actual writing about it so it was Mm. almost entirely fantasy the closest I have come to like uh completed NaNoWriMo was my freshman year of high school the first year I attempted NaNoWriMo I got halfway (laughs) I I don't know the like algebraic term for this but it's like my progress since that point has like decreased in a way that is like you could plot it on a graph Mm. and it would never quite reach zero but it would be getting there (laughs) it is like that that makes sense i have a train going by do you also i my house has trains going by sometimes <laughs> i love it do they blow the whistle sometimes when they go past your house yep, it was it was just doing that yeah not not because they're saying hi tom how is it going but sometimes yeah i don't know if you could hear it over the over the skype connection but I can't. it will be audible on my microphone so good yeah i was probably talking over it but it was mostly while you were talking so it doesn't really doesn't really it's not going to make it into the recording into no. the into the released episode <laughs> all right i'm going to put a little bit of that train sound here There it was. Wow. That was a good train sound. I think I've mentioned some of my train appreciation has now transferred to public bus appreciation because I actually daily ride a bus and I Hmm. kind of don't have train experiences every day. But God, I I love living literally like above my house as a train track. I love that. Oh, wow. Wow. Yeah. A lot of people would not love that. It shakes the house. Um, (laughs) I think what makes it good is there some neighborhoods where the train track, like you look out your front door and literally you see the train track and our house, you look out and you see a like 50 foot wall. And if you go to the top of that wall, there is a train track. And I think that buffer is just the right amount of distance to still feel close, but not like I am literally on the train tracks. Mm. Anyway, that was train talk, our regularly <laughs> scheduled time where we talk about trains that pass by. You can tell because it is signaled by the whistle of a train. It is indeed. <laughs> but yeah, with um, my approach to NaNoWriMo these days is definitely like a chaotic one. I really want to, as I no longer think of myself sort of defining as like, I'm going to be a writer kind of a thing. I, I do think for myself as a person, I want to like be more able to like just have projects that I am working on that I enjoy. Mm. And it's not like so much that I think there needs to be like a rigid do this many. And if I don't accomplish that, I've failed in some way. I, I just, it's something that I think I enjoy when I have in my life and because I find it very hard and have like one of the things with like when I was dropped out of college and then coming back to college wanting to write but kind of finding myself incapable or very very difficult finding okay what what can I do that I enjoy even if it's not necessarily the thing that 
I thought I wanted to do. And right now, that's fan videos mm. set to music. That is good. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like um, I have always been a big defender of NaNoWriMo as, you know, the notion of like a very structured and specific thing, because when it did work for me, it worked for me very well. I think that there's something about the very specific, all right, you need to do this many words, it's 50,000 in 30 days, which breaks down to 1,666.66 repeating words every day, or 5,000 words every three days. And people talk about like the different stages of it, like, okay, week one is going to be like this, week two is when you hit your slump, week three is when you you feel like you have really hit your stride. And then week four is when you're dealing with the, you know, panic of finishing. But yeah, there's something, I don't know. I did once find that there was something very helpful to me about the structure of that. But I I would like to get that back, but maybe I don't need to get that back. (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) I do want to write again. I feel like I want to, like I I have more life experience under my belt Mm -hmm. now than I did when I was, when I was a, a teenager and I would, possibly have more to say about some things in writing and would have a more confident approach towards, you know, the certain things that I'm good at and certain things that I'm not good at. So, yeah, my, my like secret that is so secret, even for myself with doing uh, (laughs) NaNoWriMo is that often I have a thing. It's procrastination. Like, you know, I have this, I've set my goal. I want to do it, but this month so far also I find myself I am cleaning the house I am baking cookies I Mm. am doing things and the secret is I'm okay with that (laughs) like if if I work here and there as I can in my pretty busy schedule on some creative projects but I am I am secretly (laughs) doing my laundry more I'm okay (laughs) that's kind of a win for me I'm also trying to like figure out more strategies when I'm stuck on a project to not like, sometimes there's like, I'm going to sit here and suffer, but to me and an unseen audience, at at the very least, if I've suffered and not accomplished anything, I've looked like a writer (laughs) or I've like, you know, I've like, I've put in the time. So I've, I've done that. And I don't like doing that. I've, mm. I don't want to keep doing that. So even as I am, you know, like trying to figure different ways to approach, if it's like the only thing I have in me is like sit at my computer and be sad for 30 minutes and not make a lot of pro- progress because I can't make myself right. What mm. if I don't make myself right? <laughs> what That's then? Reasonable. So that is, that is my secret approach to NaNoWriMo. Especially, like, I feel it has to be said, especially this year, continuing pandemic. Like, th- there are things that I feel like priorities have really kind of shifted and given some perspective to how I approach things. And part of that is global pandemic. We're living it. That is, yeah, that makes sense. Speaking of the global pandemic, have you been, uh, have, <laughs> you had, have you been boosted yet? No, I have not had my booster shot. I will be doing that um, this Friday. Um, nice. So today's a Wednesday. So soon, this week. I have been boosted. Nice. You have a I got Moderna. little like plus, what social media does like boosts uh, when you pay money? You've, you've been boosted <laughs> your account. With a I don't know. I don't know what social media that COVID is. COVID vaccine. <laughs> I do. Yeah. So I I, mix, I mixed it up. I got Johnson and Johnson for the first go around, but now I have Moderna coursing through my veins, and nice. it's um yeah. I didn't have any side effects or anything. So I also got the flu shot at the same time. So that's nice. Yeah. 
I one of my housemates did that, and I often have like uh, strong reactions to f- the flu vaccine, and also the times I've gotten COVID vaccines. So the idea mm. of, hey, yeah, just I have two arms, <laughs> do one on each. That you were so brave. <laughs> well, uh, more it was more I just wanted to get it uh, get it done without <laughs> yeah. having to make an, another trip slash appointment. That too. Yeah, I mean, it would be kind of a bummer if I got side effects because I wouldn't know which one gave me the gave me the side effects. Yeah, and I'd want to know. Not that that knowledge would help me in any way, but anyhow, yeah. So, um, Big Bird got the vaccine. Did you know that? Yes, that's the other big news. Um, I guess Big Bird is a sort of I don't know how to position his celebrity. He he is a public figure. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I, I will say, yes, that is Big Bird's news. And also on a personal family level, my oldest niece was able to get a COVID vaccine as well. But Big Bird did get it first. He wins. Yeah, I mean, I don't want to I don't I don't want to diminish your um, your niece, <laughs> but I, I have I want to talk about Big Bird. <laughs> we can talk. That's we can talk about Big Bird getting the COVID vaccine and um, how you feel about it or. <laughs> how others feel about it. So, I mean, one thing I feel good about it. <laughs> I feel very complicated about it, honestly. Oh, you feel complicated about it. Okay, let's let's go into the world of um PBS children's TV shows cuz I'll go there. Yeah, I think this is a world where you might have firmer footing than I do because I think I know you're a great fan of the PBS show Arthur. Yes. Which is one of the I don't know. So, I presume you're also a fan of Sesame Street just because of that. <laughs> Uh, every every yeah. child knows Sesame Street, and I I certainly grew up on Sesame Street, etc. But I don't think I have that strong of a feeling about it now. So, I think the thinking here with announcing that Big Bird has been vaccinated is with maintaining the fiction that Big Bird is a six year old, mm-hmm. but he's not a six year old. I mean, he's been around for a very long time. He's like a six-year-old in the same sense that like Bart Simpson is a whatever, however old Bart Simpson is. But mm-hmm. it just, I don't know. So f- first of all, Big Bird is not a six-year-old. And also the coronavirus vaccine, I cannot stress this enough, is not for birds. <laughs> it is intended for use in human patients and mm-hmm. recipients. It's not suitable for birds. <laughs> well, I would say just because his name is Big Bird does not mean he is wholly and entirely bird. Mm. We, we are at times fans of a show called Doctor Who, and the doctorness of the main character is also sort of ambiguous. Okay, but I also don't, I don't think the doctor needs the vaccine. Okay. Maybe she does, I don't know. I feel like, yeah, I feel like the, I don't know. It's, you don't approve of the sort of smoothing over and simplifying to encourage children and their families to get COVID vaccine. They're, they're con- misconstruing the facts of who Big Bird is, and you don't like that. Honestly, no, I don't, because I feel like the vaccine is real, and its realness is a matter of no small amount of stupid controversy. That's true. And so I feel like I felt the same way. We may have, I don't remember whether we talked about this, but last December, Anthony Fauci. Yeah, Santa got. <laughs> uh, uh, he assured everyone that Santa was immune to coronavirus because of his Santa bodies. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Th- so that was that was even different. That I, I cannot recall at that time what the vaccine status was like if there was a vaccine at that time. I, th- so, I think by that point we had we knew that there was likely to be a vaccine very soon. But that was like we don't have a vaccine, but it's okay because our pal Santa 
contacted me, Dr. Fauci, and it's okay. <laughs> he has Santa bodies. Yeah, that's that's a little different to me because that that is like almost a hundred percent like we want to go on as as if there is not a pandemic and have this tradition continue and lie to children for for no benefit. Yeah, I mean, I, I would much prefer that instead of saying, oh, don't worry, Santa is immune because of antibodies, why not take this as a teachable moment on teaching children the difference between what is real and what is not real? It's like, Santa, not real. The 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 coronavirus, very real. Mm-hmm. Um, like, yeah, I don't know. I, I have complicated feelings about Santa in general. I mean, part of that is just like a fascination with Santa as a cultural phenomenon. Like, I, I'm always eager to remind people that Santa, Santa Claus and Father Christmas are two completely different characters from different folklore traditions. Mm-hmm. Um, this is your platform. Uh, yes, on this yeah. podcast, <laughs> that that S- Santa, take a moment. Santa Claus is um is derived from the European Sinterklaas, which is originally comes from the historical Saint Nicholas. Whereas Father Christmas is a uh, an English propaganda figure from the I think the eighteen hundreds, where in the War on Christmas, where the War on Christmas in this case was very religious people who were against Christmas because the notion of celebrating Jesus' birthday was uh, against their religion. So Father Christmas was there to li- as like a British symbol of Christmasness. Although Father Christmas is also kind of, and, and possibly Sinterklaas also incorporates stuff from like Germanic paganism and Odin and things like that. Anyhow, yes. But um, I, find the, I find the folkloric tradition very fascinating. But also like if there had been like a vaccine, Santa Claus is... I guess supposedly human. So giving him, and he, and also a very old human. Uh, so giving him the vaccine, like if if they had said we gave Santa the vaccine, I, I would have I would have been like, okay, that at least like makes some narrative sense, but. Mm-hmm. Though at that time it would have been, we gave Santa the like un FDA approved, still, Santa's in a research trial for the COVID vaccine. And it's fine. The results are good. Yeah. Or you give him monoclonal antibodies or whatever. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I just, I just, I feel like when, when we're talking about this stuff, like the proximity to like fictional nonsense, it makes me feel weird. Yeah. <laughs> when you talk about the vaccine and you're like, you gave the vaccine to Big Bird. And cause it's like, no, there are, there are a lot of people who think this is not a real vaccine and like making up a silly story about the vaccine doesn't seem right to me, but, but no, you, you're glad Big Bird got it. I, you have activated my trap card. You have activated my opinions about, um, children's educational TV shows. Mm. I'm not very current with a lot of the shows as I am when I'm sort of hanging out more with my nieces and watching whatever they want to watch on kids YouTube. But (laughs) I will say there is something interesting about mostly early COVID responses from like kids TV shows, like specifically, I don't know if you know Daniel Tiger, the spinoff to Mr. Rogers Neighborhood. Vaguely. Yeah, they churned out a rapid fire, uh, like full length episode um, about like social distancing lockdowns or, you know, like in the, it must have been like weeks to months after our US like hit with covid pbs kids arthur has taken such an interesting response and that is to say in the show itself as far as i know there is still pbs kids arthur exists in a non 
COVID universe. Mm. However, in their, I guess you could call it like non-canonical or like little one-off social media kinds of things. Like promo stuff. Yeah, promo stuff. Like there is a kind of Zoom equivalent virtual call between two characters, between um, Francine and Muffy. And I think uh, like Muffy doesn't want to wear a mask or something, but Francine is like... No, you can wear very expensive looking masks uh, because Muffy uh, likes to show that she has money. So like they do it there. But for example, in like the most recent Arthur episode that I have watched that has aired, that is like airing now to kids during the pandemic, DW doesn't want to go to kindergarten. And so she like tells her mom, oh no, the principal called and um, he's canceled school because there's an outbreak of the turkey pox. And these W's mom like, you know, laughs it off as, you know, this is a, this is a very transparent mm. excuse to get out of going to school. This could never happen. And I'm almost more haunted by this distinction that they have made where there is no COVID in PBS Kids Arthur, Elwood City. There, it is not here. We do not speak of it. <laughs> Except sometimes they do. That That is haunting to me. And so I, I, I don't know Sesame Street's like party line on this. If, if Big Bird getting the COVID vaccine was part of an episode or if it was like part of his <laughs> social media. Um, but I am comforted by it mm. nonetheless. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe it's this is just a weird hang up I have because <laughs> I think I think something Sesame Street has always done, and one thing it's always been really good about is it it speaks to children about the real world in sort of these puppet show ways and in ways that they can understand. Yeah. But also, it also has, has human characters as well that could be used to to deal with that. I don't know. But then I don't know if they'd get into a story where it's like, this is only for the humans. Muppets can't get this. Sorry, Elmo. You're a monster Muppet. So so you're not entitled to this vaccine. Uh, we haven't done research on the monster reaction to the vaccine. And Elmo's going to be like, well, are you going to do it? Are you going to do research? And then it's like, sorry, Elmo. No one's going to research the monsters are on your own, kid. Um, no one's going to pay the research grants for that. Exactly. Yeah. So, I mean, maybe I'm overthinking this, but I, I, I don't know. <laughs> Probably better for kids to hear about the vaccine in general, <laughs> even if the logic of it doesn't doesn't hold up to scrutiny. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Ted Cruz isn't happy either. Yeah. Ted Cruz has, has chosen to rail against Big Bird getting the coronavirus vaccine. So that's one area where he and I agree. Yeah. I would say, though, you're coming at it from very different angles, though you've you've reached the same conclusion. <laughs> Do we want to talk action items? I think we can talk action items. I think it's that time. I believe we had three. Oh, did we have three? I wrote them down. I think so. I have so many sticky notes on my desk, mm. but I did write them down. Yeah, we had three. Action item one, try a melatonin. Mm-hmm. Action item two, go see your doctor slash find a doctor if you do not have one. Action item three, watch Doctor Who. Okay. How many of those did you do? How did we do? I did take melatonin and I engaged with healthcare. Uh, <laughs> I didn't. I did not watch um, the newest Doctor Who Halloween special. Or I'll, I'll ask you: Is is there like a current season of Doctor Who airing? Also, in addition to that, yeah, that was not a special. That was just the first episode of oh, a six part season. But okay, I'm not very informed. <laughs> it was called the Halloween Apocalypse, and it aired on Halloween, and it had references to Halloween. But it was, um, yeah, that was that was the those 
season 13, episode one. Part yes. of Doctor Who Flux. Part of, yeah, Doctor Who Flux, which is what they're calling the 13th season. Okay. And I don't know, so far, in my opinion, it's been really good. I have not been as huge a fan of the 13th Doctor era as I wish I was. I found it a little boring, honestly. Mm-hmm. But uh, I have found that the the current season, the most recent two episodes, have been real solid. What did you think of Melatonin? <laughs> What's your review? I wanted to hate it so much, but it is so effective on me. Oh, that's good. It's so effective. Perhaps too effective. Boy, does it do a lot. My friends who take melatonin regularly say that it's not possible for melatonin to have an instantaneous, near instantaneous effect. But for me... (laughs) I will say I've I've only taken it just a couple times um since we last talked about it but mo- most of those times within 15 minutes I'm like you know I could go to bed now and then I do yeah I think it depends on the it depends on the method of the method you're taking it like I know there are some pills that are like you have to take this 2 to 3 hours before bed mm. the gummies that I take say 20 to 30 minutes before bed so that sounds about right the notion and I that's also my experience I've felt the bedtime call about you know 20 minutes 15 to 20 minutes after taking it so that that matches with my experience yeah i will say like the things i was concerned about um like the things that happen when i take a drowsy antihistamine that makes me very sleepy and says on the bottle do not use to make children Mm. sleepy (laughs) this did not happen uh with melatonin like that's good I I was like, I want to go to sleep now, but also I didn't have to. It was not like a drowsiness level where I was like, I simply have to make it to bed or else. It, it was just like, oh, I'm tired. Let's let's go to bed. And I, I did not have like a really difficult time waking up, which I was also concerned about. Yeah, you know, I, I think it affects different people differently. But for me, and it sounds like for you, it basically works like a little time travel device where... It just automatically, you time travel to bedtime. Like, your body acknowledges it is now bedtime, um, exactly at the moment when you need it to. So instead of feeling like you're not ready, or like you stayed up too late, or or, or whatever, it's like, nope, now's the time. That's how it feels for me. Oh, uh, the other thing that was really noticeable about melatonin was that another one of my housemates who, like, said she had tried it to, you know, help for getting to sleep, but it didn't have, like, a super helpful effect, mentioned one of the side effects can be like increased vivid dreams. Um, Hmm. And I did have that. Interesting. Yeah. (laughs) And I like that because probably with how little sleep I had been getting and how weird my routines have been, I have not been remembering my dreams or having them. And I kind of like to. So that was that was a nice little plus with taking melatonin. I was having dreams. That's cool. Yeah. And what about you did engage with healthcare? Yeah. I did engage with this is I feel 40 minutes in, I, I can't I can't get so into it. Um, mm. I did engage with healthcare. I did get a workplace injury in my job in cage wash where I am around very big heavy metal cages. I banged up my hand, so I did have to engage with healthcare. They did give me like a fun wrist brace, and my hand is completely better. This was a couple weeks ago. They did send me to physical therapy and at the physical therapy, among other things, they gave me this, to me, neon green silly putty. Hmm. But to them is on the, on the bottle, therapy putty. <laughs> and I got to keep it. Um, 
it is for therapy use only. So I, I didn't really engage with, I kind of disengaged with, <laughs> I have finished with therapy. I, I have broken up with my therapist. You've done a net decrease of doctors in your life. I think so. Yeah. And, um, well, <laughs> yeah, I don't know how much I'm going to say about that, but, um, <laughs> it was, it was like a good finish with therapy. Not like a, yeah. not like a bad, like, Oh, I'm done with this shit kind of thing. It was more like a graduation from it. But anyhow, yeah, that 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 was that. Um do you have action items that you'd like to propose for the for the next one? I'll keep it general, but also applicable to my life and suggest for an action item to read a book. Ooh, that's a good one. I've been on a more of a reading kick recently, so I'll be happy to do this. Does it have to be a physical book? Can it be an ebook? Can it be an audio book? The, the books on my windowsill right now are 50% um, manga, mm. so anything book-like or book-adjacent. Mm. Oh, okay. That's, that's good. My action item that I propose is to seek out bargains and values. Okay. Yeah, so you're going to find a coupon or a discount or, or something and... Take advantage of it. Okay. I'm thinking about this because I am trying to get an early jump on the holiday gift giving season. Godspeed. <laughs> yeah. I always do my Christmas shopping on December 24th, uh, but I'm trying to do it before the end of November. So we'll see if that works. I, I don't know if I've mentioned Hanukkah is super early this year, so I'm already behind. Mm, yeah. Hanukkah is not on Thanksgiving, but it is two days after. So <laughs> Wow. That is early. Yeah. So theoretically now is the time. But well, maybe you can find some bargains and values and stuff. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Maybe all my family will get books for the holidays. That's, that's often a good thing. Yeah. I think that's it. So until next week or next episode, <laughs> whatever that is, <laughs> you should stay distant. And also go the distance. <laughs>